0: This is a Words of Life Health Talk, Health Talks, and People Listen. Sweet Companions How many times has a craving for something sweet called you into combat? How often has it won? Sugar hunger is indeed a bitter rival, determined to win each scuffle. In our strong moments, the tug-of-war may end with our heels dug firmly in the soil of self-denial. But how frequently do we surrender, actually befriending the commanding foe, as a handy excuse for indulgence? Though many are frequently bitten by the so-called sweet tooth, some of us battle, or befriend, a proverbial mouthful. Such was my excuse. My thirty-two sweet teeth... Determined what I ate, and ate, and ate in adulthood. A compulsion which began in childhood. The candy store between home and school Made yielding to youthful cravings quite convenient. During those formative years, I habitually lost all sense When it came to penny candy. Lunch money wasted on lollipops, Money from grandmas traded for gumdrops, and weekly allowances squandered on cheap chocolate. My childish reward for well-done chores. While immature and ignorant, I was perhaps exempt from fault. But what was my excuse as an adult? An adult who should know better? A very real one, both physiologically and psychologically. I was addicted. Though the removal of my four wisdom teeth reduced the number of sugar-demanding warriors to twenty-eight, I was still outnumbered, thus often conquered, mostly because I enjoyed succumbing. The sugar war was a battle I didn't want to win. In my black-and-white thinking, the thought of conquering my cravings meant absolutely no sweets, words that I equated with absolutely no joy. So... I rather liked being caught in the vice of each vice, for I could indulge and feel free from shame while they took the blame. How did our taste buds get so perverted? What has happened since Adam and Eve were perfectly content with the lush, delicious produce in the Garden of Eden? The pleasant, natural sweetness of fruit with its nutrients and fiber gradually had a fierce competitor. Tiny, white granules. The convenience, affordability, and growing availability of this counterfeit, along with its addictive properties, have made it a household staple. Despite increased awareness that this refined product is nearly devoid of nutrition and actually harmful, consumption of it has skyrocketed. With sugar-sugar everywhere, brightly packaged and boldly promoted, we each may whisper to our conscience, Perhaps it's not so bad. Our cravings for it further convince us that it's something we need. But as we often learn, not every yearning is healthful to obey. In our fast-paced lives, we often settle for a quick and cheap fill-up instead of premium fuel. This pattern makes the vicious cycle more vicious. One I practiced in ignorance and then stubbornness for many years. Subsisting on fast foods, excess sweets, and whatever else I could grab, having yet to grasp the concept of restraint. Consequently, weakened by the stronghold of addiction, my health was plummeting by age twenty-five. I was overfed, but undernourished. Not yet a Christian I had mistakenly considered my body my own, to use, or even abuse, as I chose. I hadn't yet discovered this powerful Bible verse. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Ironically, my desperate search for comfort had been grieving the true source of it. But by God's mercy, He was patiently leading me to accept Him as Lord of my life. I began to appreciate the perfectly packaged foods, designed by our creator. But the devil wasn't about to release me so quickly. During my transition from junk food junkie to health nut, there were two remaining treats that he, with no argument from me, suggested I deserved to keep on my list. Coffee and chocolate. Cutting down on cappuccinos came easy, but I had no intention of being weaned from the other unclean bean. As a self-proclaimed chocoholic, I never thought I would overcome that addiction, mainly because I didn't want to. In times of stress and depression, king-size chocolate bars were my faithful, foul-weather friends, or so I thought. The friendship proved to be sent from the enemy of souls to wreak further havoc on my fragile health. One tiny nibble to cure the blues led to one tiny square, then another, and another, until I rationalized that I may as well finish it. Every sugar surge high was indeed enjoyable, for the moment. The subsequent lows, however, further deepened depression, which sent me scrambling for another bar, ripping it open for just one more nibble. Ignorance and intemperance were bliss for my taste buds, but not for my well-being. The accompanying, lingering depression spoke volumes, but I wasn't listening. Even when I later learned depression was actually deepened by caffeine rather than relieved by it, I still didn't want to part company with my caffeinated companions. Our mutual hug was tight. That is, until I heard a sermon in which the pastor asked, Can we consume caffeine to the glory of God? I attributed the inquiry to the liquid variety, the coffee from which I was almost free, but the Holy Spirit reminded me that cocoa in its various forms is also a culprit. What echoed through my head was 1 Corinthians 10.31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I was immediately impressed that my addiction days were over. By God's grace, Ever since hearing that pastor's probing question and heeding the Holy Spirit's conviction, I've not had one slurp of coffee or one nibble of chocolate. The conquering of these and other harmful cravings resulted from realizing two important truths—nothing tastes better than good health, and the Holy Spirit is the only true and lasting comforter. The powerful transformation was indeed a modern-day miracle— allowing me to actually favor pure water and juice over soda and java, and to truly want fresh fruit instead of fluff. Relinquishing that which is harmful has opened up a whole new horizon of tasty, nutritious choices found in the abundant Garden of Eden diet. The brain fog linked with sugar overloads and malnutrition is thus lifted. What relief! and a better-nourished mind results in the lasting satisfaction of sweeter communion with the Lord. What a privilege! The psalmist expressed it beautifully when he wrote, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth! And in keeping them, there is great reward. Unfortunately, today's clever advertising encourages rewarding ourselves with unhealthful sweets and gratifying heart hunger with non-nutritive foods. Like the strategically placed candy store in my old hometown, the surplus of junk food makes failure convenient. Thankfully, by God's grace, we in our frail human nature can be victorious in any struggle with any addiction. A well-known hymn reminds us, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." We can safely surrender to Him, our ever-faithful friend, and be liberated From the clutches of counterfeits On our journey through life We must choose our friends wisely The Father, Son and Holy Spirit Along with the entire angelic host of heaven Are the sweetest companions Divine teammates in the daily tug of wars Let's plant our feet on the winning side By accepting no substitutes Words of life Indeed it's true That money talks, but health does too. What is your health saying?